Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On The Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. Special Tuesday edition of On The Mat Radio. Since this coronavirus crap has been hitting everybody, uh, <clears throat> had a little discussion with the founder and proprietor of On The Mat, Scotty Nelson himself, said, hey, man, let's do a Tuesday show. Let's get some people on there, get this stuff out there. So what a better way than, than to do it on a Tuesday as well as Thursday. Thursday, we're going to be right back on the air with another live show. But tonight, I'm going to be calling John um, Thomas in just a few seconds because i got some news to do. Uh, since everybody's home, there's not that much going on. So we got to bring him in so we can talk a little bit about what's happening in the world of MMA. But Pack show, as usual. First up, Javi Vasquez. Javi Vasquez, I've known for quite some time. Haven't talked to him in a while, but um, it's so much to talk about. You know, he, he's, he's gone through so much, and that dude's been around for a long time. We've known him since we first started with Tap Out, and they were sending us out to these little uh, fitness expos and stuff out in Pasadena, you know, when he was trying to get it out there. I think he was working for, fighting for King of the Cage at the time, so going to have him on. Then at about the 40-minute mark or so, Jackie Cataline, who I've known for since she was just a pup. And she's we talk a lot here on this show about grinding it out and that wrestling grind and what they go through and stuff like that. And there is no more, uh, I would say, the epitome of somebody like that than Jackie Cataline because she's been wrestling since she was just a kid. Um, we'll talk about that because she's, they go to school. They uh, come to the dojo, do their homework, train, go to bed, sleep. Eat, sleep, repeat. It was just, it's just amazing. And so she's hopefully going to uh, get on that Olympic team and do some damage out there. So got her coming up. And then at the top of the hour, we're going to talk to Joey Chaos from Santino Brothers. Talk a little bit of pro wrestling right there. So um, real quick, let me give John Thomas, give me a different number here. So let me give him a call real quick so I can bring him in and we could talk some MMA news. Let's see here, 9485. All right. Give him a call so we can get him on here and talk some news since there isn't that much going on in the world right now. But I do have a lot to talk to him about, especially after his big win over at Fight to Win. So let's get him on here real quick. Hello. Hey, John, it's Faviano. You're live on On the Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Hey, I can hear you good, buddy. How you doing? Can you hear me? <laughs> good. It's beautiful. Yes, I can hear you just fine. Um, Real quick before we get started, you'll you be able to stay on with me for a little while so we can we can keep you on while we have our guest on? Yes, indeed. No problem at all. Good. Well, well, that's for for the people listening to us, I'm sorry. I've, I've been so, you know, this is a special Tuesday edition, so I'm not used to uh, having all my mindset for Tuesday, so I forgot about this. So real quick, since my boss is listening. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com, get all the latest information and, and videos and stuff like that up there. Uh, don't forget, there's always Rafael Lovato Jr. stuff on there since he's been part of us for quite some time, as well as My Lucky Gee. 
Com. Make sure you check that out. A lot of people with this coronavirus are rolling at home, so you've got to get that gi on. That that protects you a little bit. Make, first of all, make sure you wash that sucker, too, when you're done. So check out My Lucky Gi. So real quick, John, uh, before we get going, uh, now, with all this coronavirus and everything that's going on right now, I luckily for me, because I've been off of work for, for a few days now, I, it got me... It kind of got me going. I cleaned out my garage, got my home gym and everything going. So at least I'm able to get something done while all this is going on. So what about yourself? Because I know you do CrossFit and you're, you know, in the gym working on your wrestling and jujitsu and submissions. Uh, but how, for the people listeners on On The Mat, tell us how it's affected you and how you're getting getting by right now with all that stuff. Oh, man, it's a nightmare. Um, I don't know if you know, but I've lost like 30 to 40 pounds in like the last six months. So I've been taking training seriously. I got my first pro competition in February. I won. Then I had another super fight coming up on April 26th, which as of right now, the date has been pushed back. They're going to keep the card the same, but the date has been pushed back. So I had to spend like almost a whole day cleaning out my garage, but luckily I have barbells, kettlebells, I have mats in there, I have a pull-up bar, a punching bag, I have everything you need, so I've been getting together with my nephew and training hard in there. Um, as far as jiu-jitsu, man, this is just, this is the worst time ever, man, because, you know, if you don't put that mat time in, you know, people are saying, yeah. they can say their comments or whatever you want to say, but if you don't put that time in, you you know, every every little drill, every little technique, every little bit counts, man, so this is effectively yeah. big time. I, no, I, yeah, I never thought I would be in this position. Well, I don't think anybody did, but like we've said before, there's being in shape, and then there's being in wrestling and grappling shape. I mean, it's you know, it's two different things. It's a whole different bargain uh, when you get on that mat and you know go one on one. So, and it, it's funny because like I was saying before, I, I went to the Randy Couture seminar when he first opened up Extreme Couture, and the first thing he said, he said, "Man, I can teach you everything in the world. You can have everything down." He said, "But if you're not in shape," doesn't matter. You could be the best, most technically skilled person in the world, but if you get tired out there, that's it. They're going to own you. So it, it, it does make a good difference, but I'm, I'm glad to have you on, John, because, you know, uh, there's, there's hardly anything going on in the world of MMA right now because everything's kind of on hold and everything's kind of pushed back, but this is why I have people like John Thomas on, so when we go over the news, I can bounce some stuff off of him and get, get some reaction from somebody who actually knows. Now, I was going through the news today, and checking it out. And Dan Cormier came on, and he was talking about the the Joanna Yerjik fight um, that she had with the girl from China. Uh, uh, her last name is Wee Lee or whatever. Now, first of all, did you get a chance to see that fight? Yeah, I watched that fight. I did. I watched the entire fight. I ended up catching it like two or three days later on the stream, but I ended up watching it. Yeah. yeah well, you know, Cormier gave his, gave his whole uh, take on the fight. But I got to tell you, man, I, I as, as much as punishment as she took. I thought Joanna won that fight. I thought she was she was bringing the fight to her. I thought she was going moving forward and she was hitting her with a lot of shots. Now the shots that Whaley hit her with did a lot of damage as as everybody saw. But I me personally I had her winning that fight. What about yourself? If I can be honest, I would have um I can't say her name, but I, I had the um the Chinese um athlete winning. Um, yeah, she threw more, you know, threw way more power punches. And if it was a title fight and, and Jojicek was the champion, then I would see her taking the fight. But given yeah. the nature of that fight and her not being the champion, then uh, yeah, I, I gave it to the other girl, unfortunately. 
You know, the the whole time that I was watching that fight, because, you know, I, I worked for King of the Cage for almost four years. And we we they have different cages. They have some smaller cages, like when we when we would do the casinos or whatever, they have a smaller cage, and then they have a bigger cage like when they did the uh the arena in Ontario and places like that. But let me tell you something. The whole time I was watching that fight, I said, Man, if they fought that fight in that small king of the cage fight, man, it would be it would be knocked down drag out more than it was because you well, you know, we got Javi Vasquez coming on at the bottom of the hour, and 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 he can tell you, yeah. there is no there is no escaping when it's that small. Now, first of all, do you, we've had this on the show before for years. I've given my opinion. I think that cage is way too big. When you can turn your back and literally run from your opponent, I think that that cage is too big. Uh, I think if, even if they just brought it in, maybe a, a foot or a couple of feet. I think it would be a whole different ball game. But then other people say, well, if you're a boxer, that's what you need so you can move and keep your distance. Give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think there's two different ways to look at it. Me coming from a grappling background, if you learn how to use the fence, especially for like a wrestler, it's amazing. You know, throw a couple of jabs overhand right, put them up against the cage, and you can take them down. Same thing with jiu-jitsu. It's a lot easier to get up off of the cage than it is to get up in the middle. So I would say it really kind of comes down to, like, the style of fighting. I think for yeah. that striker, it's amazing to have that amount of space. But if you're more yeah. of a grappler or, like, a clinch person, I think, yeah, they need to close it off more. But then if you think about it from a fan's perspective, you know, you want to see more action. So the tighter, the smaller it is, the more action you'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, the only reason I say it is because I've seen it in person. It is a – I mean – a world of difference when that cage is smaller, the, especially the one that they use for the for the casinos. You know, those fighters start and they're right there. I mean, you're literally like right on each other. So it's a, it's a whole different ball game in there. So, well, it remains to be seen. I think you, you see a rematch in the future. I think it's just only a matter of time till they put them put them against each other again, right? I think they would have to. Like, I really think they would have to. You know, one thing I want to say too about the ring size. I don't know. This one fight fell in my mind. It was um, the Kid Yamamoto versus Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. And um, I was a big fan of Kid Yamamoto, but uh, rest in peace. But those two lightweights, they were able to bounce back and forth and close the distance in like the blink of an eye. Like it would be so much space between them, but they were so little and so fast that, you know, they would close the distance like, like by, by snapping your finger. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do. I do think there should be a rematch between those two because that fight was considerably co- close, you know. But with um, your know, check taking as much damage as she did, you know, I, I'm not sure. Do you know if she got sus- your, a, a medical suspension? Do you know yeah, by any they, chance? They they put her on a medical suspension. I believe, you know, I think it was six months, if I'm not mistaken. And even even today, or I think it was yesterday, because uh, I follow her on social media, she's all the swelling. And everything has went down, but she still got, you know, you know how the bruises, they're super, super dark purple, then they turn kind of a greenish yellow when they're starting to go away. She's still in the greenish yellow phase, which goes to show you, man, I mean, that, that goes tough, both of them. I mean, that mm-hmm. that wheelie came to fight. I mean, that, I mean, it, it's funny because the, the women, it kind of like, like was super, super hot when, when Ronda, especially when Ronda was coming to the forefront. I mean, it was just super hot. And these girls were coming out and fighting like they had a chip on their shoulder, you know? Then it kind of cooled down a little bit. It kind of, 
uh, just not as much uh, swinging or whatever, for lack of a better term. But then now with this fight, it's it's just going to bring it back up to another level. We talked about this a lot of times on the show that they could have literally, when when Ronda was at the top of her game and Christina Cyborg Santos, you know, was trying to get into the UFC, I thought they could have easily had an all woman pay per view and sold it out because it went. Uh, Women's MMA was so hot at that point. I mean, would you agree? Especially when Ronda was at, was at the top of her game, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree big time, man. And I I think that Cyborg fight would have been a good fight too. Um, but have yeah. you ever noticed that women are a lot more aggressive than men? It's almost like in, they're nice and stuff up until the weigh-in, but when it comes time to fight, <laughs> it's like they're trying to knock each other's head off. And as an instructor, I've noticed it. With my students, like sometimes I'll have like a, a lady go with a man, and there'll there'll be no problems whatsoever. But then they'll go with another female, and they're nice. They know each other. They're cool. But once they start rolling, it's almost just so like yeah. the level of aggression is so high, you know. And I yeah, like they have a, watching it coming from you know like they have a, a chip on their shoulder. You know, they were just coming in, and then it was like, I don't care if you're jujitsu based or wrestling based or whatever. I'm just coming out. I'm just coming out and going straight after you. They didn't like follow. Okay, well, this I'm gonna try to avoid going to the ground or whatever. They just came out and started swinging, and it just it made for. I think that's what brought it to the forefront because it made it so entertaining. And then Rhonda, they had never seen her before, especially. I'm gonna be honest with you, real quick for the people listeners. You're here. You're at on the mat radio with your host Fabi Chula. We got John Thomas with us talking a little bit about women's MMA. He's gonna hang with us for for a few segments so we can get his thoughts. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I I was did not in judo whatsoever i thought man you don't need that crap as long as you got your wrestling you know you change your levels get up to the ground you got your submission game jujitsu going you know get somebody down but uh as soon as ronda got super hot we went to go do a seminar in in the city of corona and her mom was doing a, a, a seminar and they sent us out there to go you know do some interviews with her and stuff like that we had her on there but we actually stayed and i thought she said oh well why don't you come out there you know and i'll show you I'm like, man, I am 285 pounds. I'm going to fall on this lady and break a bone, and she's she's going to be mad. Dude, when she dug those hips in and threw me over, I mean, I was – it firmly made a believer out of me. And then when I went to Giovanni's and, and covered some stuff over there, same thing. They dig those hips in. You know, it's just it's just a different type of, of, uh, of, of mindset, you know, because you got to be careful because if they get those – those hips dug in, bam, you're going over, and that that made me a firm believer in judo. Was it kind of like that when 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 you started training, or you know, well, first of all, do you believe in yeah, that? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna get to the promise So I had the same exact opinion. Wrestler, no, no other arm is gonna you know give me any trouble. And I will openly admit that no gi, I don't have much of a problem, but I respect it enough not to ever stand still. So you know, if you shoot like a head on the inside single and you're looking to run a pipe. If you go pigeon toe where you turn your toes inside, that is the time for them to hit you with like a Uchimata throw. So right. you, when you're when you're doing takedowns against judo people, you cannot stay still because you're going to get launched, you know. Yeah. But I will say with the Gion, the first time I've ever been taken down in my jiu-jitsu competition was like two years into my blue belt, man. A guy got me with some weird throw. He like controlled both of my sleeves. And it's almost like he flung my arms up to make me do like a top of a jumping jet and hit me right. with some crazy throw, man. And I was like, what is this? You know, and after that, I started to cross in judo because in the gi, it is, it, is, it is amazing, man. I went to say that. It's amazing. You'll get caught slipping big time. 
Fabio, can you hear me? All right. Sorry about that. I'm just sitting here. I'm running the board. All of a sudden, bam, everything just went blank. So um, let me take a, a, a quick break. We'll get John back on and we'll finish up our conversation. All right. Hang on one second. I have no idea what happened. I'm sitting here. We're talking to John. All of a sudden, the board goes blank, and we and we go out. So it took me a minute to get us back in. So let me call John back again real quick here, finish up our conversation, and then we'll give Javi Vasquez a call. Hello. John, you still there? I'm there. I'm here. Man, I, we're talking and I'm, and I'm getting all my blood pressure's going up and everything because we're talking about getting thrown. Bam, the whole board just goes blank. So, but we're back on the air now. So, for the people listeners, sorry about that. It happens every once in a while. But real quick, we're back here live on on the mat radio. We're talking a little bit about about judo and and he was saying how you know you got your sleeves and and bam and then they especially once they dig those hips in or they'll sneak that foot in and drop you down so real quick before we because i got to get to javi vasquez in a few minutes but one thing i wanted to run by you john before we before we get javi vasquez on here you know i i I was really a big henry cejudo fan when when he first started you know came up the hard way he he actually worked a couple of small shows and, and worked his way up and then he got shocked. You know, he got, he got, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, well, for lack of a better term, shocked when he got to the UFC and saw what it was all about. I think he had one, one or two losses, whatever. And and I kept saying, what is he doing? He's, he's a wrestler. If he would just close that distance, get him to the ground, he can pound him out or even wear him down and, and maybe get a submission or drag him into deep waters, get him tired and, and, and do the job. So after he, he lost, um, to he lost to Demetrius, right? Yes. So like after that, it seemed like he went back to the drawing board and said, "Hey man, wrestling's what got me to the promised land, so that's what I'm going to start doing." Then, I mean, he was just there's you know we're talking wrestling, we're talking top of the food chain was Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo, I've even seen some of his instructional videos, and I'm like, man, this guy's this guy's really good. But now he's just, I mean, he got a taste of of victory he's got two championship belts or whatever and now he's just coming out and he's saying you know what I, i'm i want to fight jose aldo i don't like personally when when fighters are able to choose pick and choose who they want to fight they should say this is the top contender this is who you're fighting so now he came out today and, and said and and told both john jones and khabib Nurmagomedov, uh be prepared or whatever because pretty soon they're going to be calling me the pound for pound best uh ufc fighter in the world now to me i think you know i understand you're you're a bad dude man or whatever but when you start doing stuff like that to me that's just getting to be a little bit too cocky i'm I'm a little bit uh more on the humble side when when i like fighters you know because <clears throat> i understand talk like that gets you fights and it gets people hyped up but to me that's a little bit too much what do you what are your thoughts on that 
I'm glad you asked me that. Um, I'm with you on that about being humble. Like, if you follow me, you know I, I'm as respectful and as humble as they come. Unfortunately, Conor McGregor made, I mean, not saying that he made it, but he's made this world where the, the, the more you talk crap and the more you get out there and get that FaceTime, that's how you get in fights, and that's leading to more money. I didn't like Harry Cejudo at first. I got his instructional DVD, um, and I absolutely love the way he teaches. I love the way he breaks things down. So yeah. I respect him as a fighter. The, the way he's advertising and marketing himself, I don't like it. And he calls himself like the king of cringe, and a lot of stuff he puts out, yeah. I actually cringe when I look at it. So personally, man, I think it's just a part of his marketing scheme. And um, I wish it, things could be different, but unfortunately that's kind of the way MMA is going right now. And I want to tell you one yeah. more thing. You were saying, like, when, when he fought, you were saying um, he got some losses, and then he started to go back to his wrestling. I do right. like the way he mixes things up, but you remember when GSP fought um, Matt Sarah, and Matt Sarah caught him with that, that exactly. I think it was an overhand right or, yeah. or a hook and uh, put him down. And after that, he went back to his wrestling, and he never shook again. Ever since then, he will always focus yeah. super heavy on his wrestling. And, you know, yeah. I, I was talking to someone. I, I forget who it was. It was like a high-level black belt, and he was like, you know, he goes, once you get past blue belt, you know, just trying to hold people down, you know, that's not that's not good. You know, if you want to be honest about it, that's a skill all in itself. Do you remember when um, Josh Kostrak fought, I forget his name, he's a black dude, he's a striker. It was, uh, it, he's from Britain, I think he's the UK. They had, they fought, and uh, the whole fight, Josh Kostrak had him in, like, top half guard, just pounded yeah. him, and then, and then when he got up, he hit him, he punched him after the bell. He punched and him Josh Kostrak yeah. said, like, he goes, if you can't get up from half guard, like, that's day one stuff. That's on you. That's not on me. And that's the yeah. same way I look at it. Like, if you don't know how to stifle a takedown or if you don't know how to recover or get back up from being taken down, like, it, whether you like it or not, whether it's born or not, it's an art all in itself. And GSP proved that. Yeah, that that's on you. Hey, Paul Daly. It was it was Paul Daly. Paul Daly. Paul Daly. You're right. You're right. That Yeah, then he did hit him right after because, because – uh, but the word sour grapes or whatever. But like you said, it wasn't his fault. But anyways, <laughs> hey, there's no denying that, that, you know, Henry Cejudo is a bad dude. I just think, you know, just got to be, a, you know, a little more humble. You're the, you're, we know you're a bad dude, man. You, you show it. So anyways, let me let me go ahead and take a quick break. I'm, I'm going to shoot Javi uh, Vasquez a text. Uh, we'll get him on. We'll talk some jujitsu. We'll talk some combat jujitsu. We're going to talk some uh, competition and stuff like that. So Real quick for the people listeners, just hang on. We'll be right back after this. Hang on, John. We'll be right back. you uh in between what we're um uh 
in the break or whatever, I get so many texts and so many messages and ask this and ask that and talk about this and talk about that. But, but real quick for the people listening to us, you're here. You're at On The Mat Radio with your host, Fabi Chulo. And on the line with me, going to hang for a few segments, is John Thomas talking a little bit about, you know, being a little bit more humble and trying to trying to uh, show the people, like, you know, uh, uh, lead by example or whatever. So it, real quick before we get to Javi Vasquez, to me, I, I – I enjoy this. The, like to me, it's always like the guys that are humble. Like, um, okay, like which is kind of a bad example, but you know, like Nick and Nate Diaz, those guys, they they kind of act a certain way, but they back it up, man, and they'll fight anybody. That's why I have so much respect for guys like Nate Diaz because he said, "Hey, look, man. Uh, apparently, Jorge Masvidal is supposed to be a bad dude. That's who I'm gonna fight. Or Conor McGregor's taking all the. Sp- I'm gonna fight him or whatever. You, you kind of get what I'm saying there, John." Yeah, I, I get it, and I think the way Nick and Nate do it, it's not – how do you explain it? They're just more like they're <laughs> keeping it real. That's just who these guys are. Yes. Harry Cerruto, you can tell it's just a front. It's like a show, you know, so it's kind of hard to explain, <laughs> but with Nick and Nate, I think those guys, they're like me. They just wear their pillows on their sleeves. They say whatever comes to mind. Yeah. And I yeah, think it's just a little bit different. Yeah, and, and, and regardless if they win or lose – you know you're going to get your money's worth. So that that's what I'm talking about. But yeah. let's go. I'm going to go ahead and give Javi Vasquez a call. He didn't text back. So, and when I talked to him earlier, he goes, well, I'm doing a virtual class or something online or whatever. And I'm like, all right, man, we're going to call you or whatever. So just be prepared. So he might not answer. If he answers, cool. If not, we'll just keep going. And hopefully he'll call us back. So let me dial up real quick. Hopefully he's good to go. Because we got a lot to talk about. That's for sure. Gotta be careful. Hello? Hey Javi, it's Fabiano. You're live on On the Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, okay, it's I it's so you. You. I haven't talked to you in such a long time. It's so good to have you on there. But real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at On the Mat Radio with your host Fabi Chulo. I got John Thomas gonna hang with me for a little while. Just came off a big win over at Fight to Win. And on the line with us right now. Good friend of the show who I haven't had a chance to talk to for quite some time because not only did he have so much going on, you know, but he's getting better, his health and everything. Javi Vasquez, first of all, Javi, how are you doing, my friend? It's been such a, such a long time since I talked to you. How's everything going right about now? Uh, everything's great, man. My, uh, I'm happy. My health is good. Um, I'm alive. And uh, every every day is a blessing, brother. Seriously. Yeah, I hate well, let me tell you something. Well, real quick before before I get to talking to Javi, John Thomas is with us. Just came off a big uh, win at Fight to Win or whatever. Real quick, John, say hi to Javi Vasquez. Hey, Javi. Um, I haven't had a chance to meet you, but um, I trained at Newbury between like 2009 and like 2013, and your name was always <laughs> circulated. I think with the with the Millennium <laughs> guys, and not one bad thing was ever said about you. Everybody has told you a very high regards, man, and. I'm not formally meeting you in person, but it's, it's very nice to talk to you and meet you, you know, even over the phone. Thank you so much. That's, that's nice to hear. That's nice to hear. Hey, Thank well, you so much. I got to tell you, Javi, I was talking to John a little bit when we were talking in the first segment and everything like that, and I was saying, you know, Javi's been around for a long time. I remember when we first started working for Tap Out, it was probably, it had to be early 2000s or maybe even like 98, 99, and it was a little uh, uh, expo, uh, fitness expo. And and Javi was downstairs. They, they put all the MMA people downstairs. And man, he was there all three days. He was there all day. Um, 
you know, trying trying to get the the, the MMA out. I think you were working for King of the Cage at the time or whatever. So, dude, you've been you want to talk about roots? You've been doing this for ever since the <laughs> beginning, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing. You remember that day? <laughs> yeah, I do. I I remember. It was in was it in Pasadena? Yeah, Pasadena. Yeah, I thought it was Pasadena. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I I uh, it's gone by really fast. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone by really, really fast and uh um yeah. <laughs> sometimes I forget, you know, and sometimes I forget how long how much time has actually passed. There's a lot there's like a whole new generation of guys that are competing and doing yeah. uh you know, submission grappling, jujitsu and MMA and, and 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 to me it's it's funny because I see them and I see their faces and they look like kids. They they literally yeah. look like kids. To me at this point you know i'm not yeah. i look at it and go man everyone's getting way younger but it's not it's not bad <laughs> so we're getting way older <laughs> yeah but that but the reason i bring it up you know that because you've been around for, for for such a long time and we've we've actually went out to see javi do do some some seminars now you know weren't able to get him on the air because he's so busy because you have to you know make sure you get everybody taken care of and he was actually doing a little a few like one-on-ones with some people but I gotta be. I gotta tell you, man. This is why I have Javi on. Since we've been doing the show, you know, jujitsu itself has has evolved so much. But there's so much controversy. And I talked to John about this before too. Um, like I've had guys like Jiva Santana and stuff on there. Like, nah, you know, jujitsu is is should be in its pure form, and it should be in the gi, and it should be the by the IBJJF rules, and you know, everything like that. But then I have other people that come on and go, hey, man. You know, if it wasn't for Eddie and, and you know, bringing the the Eddie Bravo Invitational and, you know, starting to get sponsors. And now the guys are actually making some pretty good money. So there's two there's two sides. You know, some people are, are really happy and then some people are kind of like, no, you know, you, you got to keep it, keep it real and keep it in the game, keep it by the rules. Give us your thoughts on that, because it's really starting to evolve now. Um. Yeah, I, I I definitely have my opinions on on that um, uh-huh. as far as the purity of jujitsu and uh, what what I feel and what rules I like to follow. You know, um, I definitely feel I'm a, I'm on a on a very small island um, with my mentality and, and my philosophy as far as the purity of jujitsu. I think that it's evolved into a into a into a sport, but I, I've always my roots of jiu-jitsu, the reason I started doing jiu-jitsu was, was, was not to win a world championship in, in a gi. Uh, it, was, it was to be able to learn how to defend myself. That was, right. you know, and be able to fight at some point, right? So that yeah. was kind of my whole objective. So my jiu-jitsu never really developed uh, gi, no gi. I kind of made like a hybrid style or, you know, I guess you can say. I don't like mm-hmm. grabbing the gi a whole lot. I understand that control points are based on uh, I understand how to control uh, limbs and stuff without having to grab stuff, and I definitely don't like the rules in the IBJJF. I mean, I'm not a huge <laughs> points guy. Uh, I, yeah. I like submission only, so it's funny. Like, when, um, excuse me. It's funny that you know I'm very much. I really don't care about gi or no gi as far as um, as much as I do caring about the, <clears throat> the mentality of the fighter <laughs> of the competitor. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to always finish, and the objective to finish, yeah. and, and 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 trying to keep count of track of points to me, 
um, takes away from the excitement of the submission. Yeah. And you have, uh, you know, mindset is something that I've, I've really started to, to um, delve into because of, you know, the mindset before a fight, the mindset, um, if, if heaven forbid somebody in your family dies, the mindset of going to war, the mindset of fighting cancer, the mindset of, of knowing you can just hold on for 10 seconds and win by points or knowing that you need to finish to win. Right. And I feel that the Gracie family is, is very, very split in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel that you need to understand both philosophies um, at their root in order to get the entire essence of what jujitsu is. Right. Um, if, if that makes sense. You know, Elio was yeah. incredibly defensive. Elio was incredibly defensive. There is a huge value in understanding defense and playing a defensive game and playing possum for a little bit and having confidence in your ability to escape and defend submissions, which I think is great, but you can't do it all the time. Yeah. Um, Carlson, Carlson style was very pedal to the metal, aggressive, kill, 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 try to finish, high intensity, high athleticism, which, again, has its place. It's good, but and you can adapt it, but it's not the only way. Right. So you have to understand both methods. For me, my understanding of both methods have led me to developing a style which is highly, incredibly highly defensive when necessary, but, but highly offensive the rest of the time. Yeah. And that kind of a style for me is way better suited, um, although it does work, and the systems I teach do absolutely work, uh, gi no gi, points no points. But um, this, 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 this style is, is, is developed for control and self-defense as well. So yeah. I try to cover all bases. Um, and the purity of jujitsu is the ability to defend yourself and, um, not, you know, and, and, and not necessarily having to follow the IBJJF rules. That's why I'm kind of on my own little planet. I just, I just, uh, I think that they, that they do some good, but, but I think that, um, I don't agree with, with, with a lot of things that they do also. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, they talk a lot, you know, I get a lot of this on the show too about Gracie Jiu Jitsu, but I, I trained for a little bit with the, with the Harold Lucambio and he would go, uh, I guess when, once you get your black belt from the Gracie, um, from the Gracie family, they have, uh, I don't know how often you go, but all the black belts get together and they get together with, I think, Henner and, and, and Hedon and they, they just keep mm-hmm. evolving. They, even though you're a black belt and even though you're teaching your own yeah. school or whatever, you still come over here and we still keep working and we still keep learning and we still yeah. keep evolving, right? Yep. That, and that, yeah, that's what course. makes a difference. I, I think that you have to be in a constant state of evolution and, and evolving, right? I, I tell my students that after after I got sick, uh, I had a what, what what some people call a paradigm shift in the way I think. Like my consciousness with jujitsu just kind of evolved a lot because all I was doing was thinking about jujitsu for you know about six months while I was recovering. Yeah. And um, that you know my mindset was if I can't train my body, I'll train my mind. So I kind of 
I wrote, you know, 16 books and, and, and I would go through the books and, and look at the systems and, and kind of just study my own game. And then um, I was also thinking about the concept of connection, which I ended up coming across um, through Hicks and Gracie. And that's kind of the jujitsu that he teaches, you know, he teaches connection and stuff. So I started, yeah. uh, I had the basic concept of what connection was, but I didn't really know what it was. So then as, as I thought about it more and more, I came up with like concepts of things that, um, what they, what they, you know, if being connected is good and being disconnected is bad, then how do you always stay connected? Uh, well, right. if, if somebody's connected, how do you disconnect essentially, right? So as you start to study your stuff, um, and you start to think about it, then you start training again. I started training and testing the, the, the theories and, and they worked and, yeah. and it totally blew my mind. And my, my, my mind totally shifted during a time in my life where I couldn't even step on the mat. I was, I, I, I you know, it's funny. We're talking about the coronavirus and everyone's freaking out because they're quarantined. I've been quarantined yeah. for over two years. <laughs> I got, dude, I got quarantined to my, next to my juicer. <laughs> I couldn't leave yeah. my juicer. Couldn't leave the city. It was juices every hour on the hour. I was quarantined. I'm going to tell you, I had, talk about mindset. I had a mental, uh, a, a tough, like, I hit a tough roadblock about three, between three and a half and four months of that quarantine, man, I started getting like island fever. I started freaking out. I'd have yeah. to go outside and breathe the air because I felt confined in my house. Yeah. Um, so, so, the, I, I, so this I, is nothing. <laughs> go ahead, Javi, because that, that coronavirus has to be nothing then after, after you've been going through that. No, that that's what I'm saying. For me, it's business as usual. It's, I've yeah. been like this for the past two years. So, so it's yeah. funny to me, but I know I know what people are going through. I went through it. I, I felt it. I felt it, you know, several years ago. But I and I know what that what that's like and what that did to me. What I what I what I did to get over that. If if this helps anybody, start meditating. You start centering yourself. When you start to have that anxiety that that, that you got to leave, you got to go outside. Take a breath. Take a seat. Grab a seat outside your front yard. Your out, your, your your backyard. Just just slow everything down. Go outside, yeah. look at the I'm sky, look notes. at the stars, look at the moon, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and get connected with God and get connected again with nature. Yeah. The fact that you're not going outside is what's cause, causing that craziness. If you go outside and breathe the fresh air and you go outside and look at the sky and, and understand what we're on <laughs> and where we are and how incredible that is to be alive during this time, and you start yeah. looking at the positives in life and what you have, then your whole energy changes, your whole vibration changes, and, and, and then you're able to come down. And every time you have one of these attacks, you just do the same thing over again. You, take, yeah. you go outside, you take some breath, um, you meditate a little, close your eyes, feel the wind, feel, be, get connected again with the earth, and, and it helps you get over that. That's, that's the way I was, that's the way I did it. I mean, and, and yeah. I'm telling you, I hit, I hit, I was hurting at three, four months in, guys. I was, it was rough. It was yeah, rough. I, I, I started having like island fever. 
Yeah, I can I can only imagine because you know that that's you know I I follow Javi and stuff and you could you I saw when you first came back and everything it just seemed like you were so you know invigorated like a like re, rejuvenated or whatever real quick but since we're running up against the clock everything good now you still doing classes you still got your your dojo I mean I know it's kind of on hold right now but you uh, if you can if you are still doing it give us give us the address and give us what you got going so we can put that on our social media. Yeah, so I I actually just got done with my first virtual class for my students because uh, you have to adapt, man. You have to adapt. People want to keep training. People want information. So I'm kind of going through um, through my through my system, through my books, and teaching it uh, in a video format. Um, I just did it like I it was crazy because I had like a whiteboard and I was sharing my screen with the guys watching all over the internet. And and I broke it down, and then I and then I sent them a copy of the notes, and so listen, I I I'll keep teaching, I'll keep shifting and keep adapting to whatever whatever time you know whatever this world throws at us, right? You, you stay positive yeah. and and don't panic and 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 keep working hard and hope for the best, man. That's all you can do. Well, you know we're 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 all. Uh... Uh, rejuvenated ourselves here at on the mat. It's kind of it, one thing that good came out of the coronavirus is I was able to do a Tuesday show as well as my regular Thursday show. But we definitely got to get back out there and check out how to get them on live so that people can actually see and and you know get some questions in and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll, we'll get to talk to you again real soon. Okay, Javi? Yeah, yeah. So so if you guys can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my academy Instagram is at JV Jujitsu. And then uh, my personal Instagram is uh, the real Javier Vasquez, and uh, you guys can check out my academy at jvjujitsu.com. It's in Rancho Cucamonga, and uh, um, you know, follow me on social media. We're going to be making announcements as what's going on, you know, you know, what's going on at the academy, and uh, you know, check my Instagram for seminars and, and information. Thank you guys so and very we, much. We will definitely. Thank you. Very that, nice man. to meet you, Javier. Hey, nice amazing. To meet you, my yeah, man, thank you for coming on, and, and we will definitely be in touch for sure. Hopefully, we can get down there and do some live stuff. Javi Vasquez, everybody, make sure you follow him. I'll give some of those uh, at the end of the show so you can keep up with them. Thanks again, Javi. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. You know, uh, it, it's been such a long time since we had Javi on. I wanted to let him go a little bit more, but we're running up against the clock. So uh, definitely got to get down there and do some live stuff or whatever. So that, you know, real quick before we get to Jackie Caroline, John, you know, I, I have a ton of equipment to do the live shows. But since I lost my producer who moved out to Arizona, I'm slowly getting acclimated you know, to what I need to do for that. So we'll definitely head out there sometime and go check out Javi Vasquez at, at one of his places. Uh, if we if we go you down to go, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just let me know in advance, and I'll be there, man. I, I'm really yeah. – I would love to do that. Yeah, it's pretty cool because there's no time limit. You know what I mean? We could let them go an hour, an hour and a half. We can go out onto the mats and show some technique and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So let me go ahead and give Jackie a, a call so that we could talk some some – 
high school wrestling, some Olympic wrestling, all kinds of stuff, man. Hello. Hello, Jackie. It's uh, Fabiano. You're live on On The Met Radio. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, it's good. To, real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at On The Met Radio with their host, Fabi Chulo. I got John Thomas hanging with me and on the line right now, somebody who I've known for such a... It's funny because people go, you, you've you known the Catline family for that? And I'm like, why is that such a surprise to people <laughs> or whatever? But uh, Jackie Catline, before we get going, I got John Thomas with me here. He's, he just came off a big win at the... Um, Fight to win submission um, uh, grappler. Real quick, say hi to Jackie Cadline. Hi, Jackie. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. I got a story, Fabi, if you don't mind. Can I can I tell a story for it real fast? Go go for it. As long as it's a good story. <laughs> it's good. It's good. So back in about 2000 and 2003 or 2004, I came to scout um, Chris Saunders and Kendall Lemus because I was going to okay. potentially wrestle one of those in more league finals. And I remember ended up watching your match, and I remember you just running through the guy. And just one of, <laughs> one of my guys from my team was in your weight division. And like, I'm not going to say his name. He's probably listening. But the look on his face, like, he was just like, man, what am I going to do? And he was like, I'm going to go up in weight class. I'm going to go down in weight class. But I think I still have your match on, like, an old, old, old camcorder. I'm going to try to find it. And if I find it, I'll send it to you. But. I just yeah, thought that absolutely. was super funny when I saw him share the video. And then maybe we could post it and and check it out so we can yeah. we can put that in the archives. But hey, I, I gotta tell you, Jackie. I mean, it's it, it's come such a long way. I got an even better story. When um, we were, oh, God. this is back in, way back in the day. I think I, I gotta say you must have been maybe eleven or or twelve years, maybe even a little bit older. Is when is when Mike had the dojo that was on Los Coyotes and um, what's that street? The Woodruff. I think right there, it, yeah. it was funny because it was a little dojo and there was a liquor store next to it. And and I just came in, we were going to come and, and work some wrestling and Jackie sees me and she goes, uh, Oh, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, spar with this, with this kid right now. I said, okay. So they get on the mat. It's a, it's a, it's another boy and they're getting ready. They're both getting ready to square off. And Mike looks at her and says, go easy. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like, what? Bam. <laughs> she goes in there, shoots a double, takes him down, pins him. Bam. She's out of there. And she turns around to me and she goes, uh, yeah, I didn't take it easy because I wanted to show you that I got the skills to pin these dudes or whatever. I was like, hey, man, nothing to prove to me, man, or whatever. So it's been going yeah. on for, for, for a long time. Now, the the, the question, we're going to get into talking about getting, you know, uh, moving forward and getting, hopefully getting towards these Olympics and everything like that. But I get, I get this a lot. Some people say, hey, man, it's great because it, it, it's embedded in, you know, that, that daily grind of wrestling and all that. And then some people say, well, you know, you really shouldn't start that young because then you might get burnt out once you get to a certain spot or whatever. But to me, it doesn't seem like you've lost a step. But can, can you divulge on that a little bit? Did you kind of get burnt out after a while and kind of think, well, maybe um, this isn't for me? I Go mean, we it. all as athletes all feel that way at some point. I did. Um, I started when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestled till now, but I did take a five-year break. So yeah. from 2008 to 2013, I did zero wrestling, zero training, you know, nothing. I, you know, started a family. I have two kids. So when my son was old enough, he was about four, I um, took him to a wrestling club. Obviously, I miss wrestling, 
but I was out of shape and, you know, I just couldn't do it. So I took him to a wrestling club and he actually enjoyed it. So it kind of like put a little spark back in me, like, oh, maybe I should get back into it. So I got back in shape and went to nationals 2013, first tournament, no training, just kind of see where I was. And I took second place. So I was like, okay, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, definitely there's always a burnout period when you start young um, and you either choose to take a short break or you choose to, you know, not come back at all. Uh, luckily for well, me, I chose to just take a little break and come back. Yeah. And, and to me, I've, I've seen some of the some of the videos. It seems to me like you haven't lost a step, but yeah. I haven't been in touch with you. But let, let's go back a little bit to Millican Wrestling, because when, when my daughter got to Millican, it was funny because mm-hmm. Mike came up to me and he said, hey, go see Coach Thompson. He always needs help over there. Get involved since your daughter's over there. Uh, anyways, so I went and, and I, I stayed and helped coach for the whole four years. And then even after Jessica graduated, I ended up staying for two more years because I just I really enjoyed the program. You know, the, the way mm-hmm. kind of the way Marshall kept everything going and the way he, he first of all, that I, I call Mar- Marshall Thompson the smooth operator because it seems like nothing phases that yeah. he's just always one level, you know. So so did that did that have yeah. a lot to do with you keeping going? I mean, it seemed like that was a good program and that kind of kept you in the groove. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first went to Milliken, Coach Thompson wasn't about girls wrestling. I think I was his – he had had girls before, but they were like, mm-hmm. oh, I just am dating one of the wrestlers or, you know, <laughs> not serious about it. And so I think when I came in, he was like, oh, it's just another girl. And then he realized, like, that I was serious about it. So that kind of changed yeah. his mind a little bit, I think. Um, yeah. But definitely, absolutely. I mean, I have – two older brothers that wrestled for the Millican program. My dad coached there. So I was in there before I was even in high school training. Um, so he definitely runs a, a very tight ship program, and that's why Millican is successful. But I well, think this, it definitely helped in my, my oh, wrestling. Yeah. Well, this is, this is how, how old that I could say, for, for lack of a better term, that we're getting. Um, I go to a gym called Fitness 19 out here, and I ran into his son, his oldest son, and I asked yeah. him how his dad was. Oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, he's right over here. So I went and talked to him, and he said, yeah, this is my last year. He goes, I'm going to retire, yeah. and then uh, my son's going to take over. So, I mean, <laughs> I remember his kids when they were little beating each other up, and one of them stabbed one of the other with the scissors and all kinds of stuff. And now <laughs> that's actually who's taking over coaching at Milliken. I think he said he's going to stay that, that first year just to help him yeah. out and get him acclimated to everything, and then he's he's going to move on. So, But then – you know, I didn't see you for a while, but then, uh, you know, um, I have a good working relationship with Millennia MMA and with Batiste mm-hmm. and all them. And then I saw you training over there. And Batiste's like, hey, man, this girl's a freaking beast, man. If she sticks to this, she's going to be a champ. I mean, I'm telling you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know who she is or whatever. So then it looked like you were heading towards that way. But then did you kind of back out and say, you know what, I think I want to go back to wrestling? Or what, what happened in between that little era right there? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, my roots are obviously wrestling. And it's hard for me to go other places and let other people coach me than my mom and my dad. Um, So for me, it was like, my root is wrestling. I'm going to go back to wrestling and see how I do there. I mean, maybe later on down the road in the future, but I'm getting old. So maybe not. Um, I might try it, but it's still going to be my parents that coach me. You know, I can't after they put all of this time and effort into me, 
being the athlete that I am. It's not just about me and me going out and winning. It's about my training partners, my brother Richard, my brother Nico, you know, my parents coaching yeah. me. So it's it's definitely a family thing. So it's hard to like venture out and kind of do other things. Yeah, especially right now since you 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 know you've got the the tools and the skills. And I don't think you're that old at all. I mean, you still got plenty left yeah. to to make it go. But uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, I haven't talked to Jackie in 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 a while. And the, the, since the Catalina family moved out to the middle of nowhere, I haven't seen them in such a long time. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, it does make a big difference when you, when it's the whole the whole family. You know, like everybody, they seem really to have a passion for it. To like, hey man, you guys got something here. I got to tell you, when I said I was having you on the show, I've had Jesus. Uh, uh, Carmo Vasquez on the show, and he said, hey, man, you know, they had such a big, a big impact on me as well as my daughters and everything. So it, it's not only just you. I mean, the passion is there to where it's affecting other people, and they actually want to go there. And you guys actually have uh, some sort of off-season program that the kids can continue, right? Because before, they never used to have that, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when my brothers were all younger, they didn't have a program to go into. Like, we have a middle school program where – we're coaching the kids from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade so that they're ready for high school. So, and then my dad has Catalines Wildcats, which is as soon as the high school season ends, it's from five years old until however old, you know, you want to be. So definitely a huge program. And they've been at this program for 12 years now, I think. So it's pretty established. There's definitely lots of bodies in the room all the time. Um, and my parents, they're great coaches. They love giving back. They don't do it for money. They don't do it for anything other than, you know, always there's one kid that needs it, you know? So it's just definitely wrestling is, is a family thing for sure. You know, and I think that's why, because when I was, that's why I ended up staying for a couple of more years at Milliken, because when you see that kid that's struggling and and you take the time to help him, when that kid does well, I mean, there was one kid yeah. that was just getting his butt kicked, and I took some, not that I'm this great coach or whatever, but not, me as right. well as some of the other coaches <laughs> took the time with him. And, you know, they have the blue gold match to see who's going to wrestle varsity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this kid was a sophomore, and he pinned the senior kid. I almost started crying. I mean, I was like, see, I told you. And he, it just it brought me yeah. so much more to see that kid go from what he was doing to. Uh, John, you got you kind of get that, too, when you're, when you're teaching the kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 all the time, man. It's nothing better when you see someone start to progress or it gets to a point where they win their first match. I, I tell you, there's there's no feeling better than that. Yeah, yeah. and if they're, shooting them, if they're shooting them blast doubles like John just put up on, on his uh, Facebook page, you'll see why, because that dude changed levels, shot that double leg, and it, it was amazing. So, so, you know, speaking of that, I got John with us. He, he just finished a big fight uh, victory at Fight to Win. There's so much grappling tournaments going on, and, and there's actually you can make some pretty good money. Eddie Bravo Invitational, they're like 20 grand if you can win and stuff like that. So I know, I know your focus right now is, is on wrestling, and we're, we're talking Olympics and things like that. But later on, would you – because the girls are starting to come to the forefront now too. Eddie Bravo had a few um, yeah. EBIs with, with the girls in there. Right, John? He's got a, a, a full girls yeah. pro uh, thing going on too, right? Yeah, there was definitely one. Yeah, and they're making just as much. I mean, they're not – they don't cut back because they're girls. They're making about twenty grand if they could win the whole thing. You think maybe later on down the line would that have any sort of interest for you at all or 
Um, I Talk have a decent you. job and I make good money, so yeah. I wouldn't do it if just for the money. You know, it, it would have to be something that I enjoy doing. I wrestle yeah. and I still wrestle. I'm this is my twentieth year wrestling, and yeah. I do it because I enjoy doing it, not right. because it makes me money, not because of anything else. So later on down the line is you know it's a 50 50 i couldn't tell you yes i'm gonna do it or no i'm not um yeah but i mean there's always a possibility well i just i just say that because it's just amazing how much it's evolved not only has you know women's mma evolved but just even in jujitsu and uh grappling and nogi and all that they really started to to figure out that these girls come to fight man and they're starting to to bring them in too now real quick for the people listeners at home uh, you, you you still have the uh, GoFundMe or whatever to get you out to the Olympics or uh, expand a little bit on, yeah. on that. Where, where, well, luckily it got postponed. It's going to be moved back. So that gives you a little bit more time to train and get ready and stuff like that for it, right? It does. It was postponed till 2021. So we have an, another year before the Olympics will actually happen. Um, I'm, I don't know how I really feel about it, honestly, because, our Olympic trials were supposed to be April 4th and 5th in Pennsylvania, and those oh, have been postponed. So yeah. we're like a week or two away from our number one tournament in four years, and it's postponed. So, I mean, we can't work out. There's, you know, lots going on, and not just for me, for every athlete all over the world. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely another year to train but we also don't know who's on the team yet so right. that's also we're just kind of in limbo we don't really know anything and you know it's it's not even really about the athletes it's about really kind of what's going on in the world like it's yeah. everything's shut down you know um, yeah mm-hmm. so we're i'm just going to continue to train continue to just stay ready because i don't know a date i don't know a time a place or anything like that so well i just have to stay ready i guess <laughs> Yeah, I I know they can keep up with you on your yeah on your Facebook page. Um, is there any other social media, whatever they go to, to to uh, keep everybody up to date on what's happening with you as well as uh, the Olympics and, and what's going on with all that? Yeah, I'm on my Facebook under Jackie Catalina, and then I have an Instagram also, same Jackie Catalina. So all okay, my links hey. and everything are on there. Well, let me tell you something, man. I mean, I wish you the best of luck for sure. If there's anybody who deserves it, you know, it, it, it's you guys because you put so much time into it for years, you know, you and the family. Um, and uh, right. uh, real quick, John, before we, before we let Jackie go, anything else you want to ask her? Any questions or anything you want to tell her before yeah, we Yeah, I got go? a serious one. Serious go one, Jackie. I have a daughter, and uh, I got her into jiu-jitsu. Even though jiu-jitsu okay. is, like, taking my place of wrestling, but what advice would you give to, like, a young girl who's, into wrestling, into grappling. Of course, you know, cousins are doing dance and cheerleading, but she has a passion for grappling. What what kind of advice would you give to a young girl coming up in, like, the grappling scene? Um, Stick with what your heart wants to do, honestly. I was a total tomboy growing up, and my sisters were not, and they did, you know, all of the girly sports. So for me, it was like, I love to do this. I'm going to do this whether people look at me funny or not. You know, if it's something that I like to do, then I'm going to do it. And if she feels like, hey, I want to do jujitsu or I want to wrestle, then she should absolutely do that and pursue her dream in it. And honestly, jujitsu and wrestling, there's so many more opportunities now for women going to college as a wrestler, you know, all of those things. So you have to look at it a little down the road also for her since she's so young. 
Yeah, I think. Beautiful, well, first of beautiful. all, when when you have a dad like John Thomas that's shooting and blast doubles like yeah. that, I think she's I think she's gonna do just fine. So, hey, again, Jackie, yeah. do a favor, man. Please, please tell the old man and Stephanie that I said hi. I missed them. I mean, I don't think I've seen them for probably since Nico fought at Long Beach Fight Night. That's the last time that I saw them. Okay. So please, yeah, please tell them hi for me. I wish you the best of luck. Anything you got going on, um, uh, uh, trials, uh, Olympics. Uh, tournaments, whatever, you feel free to just give me a, a shoot me a text or give me a call and we'll promote it here on the show, okay. okay? Awesome, absolutely. Thank you. All right, you got it. A million thank yous for coming on. Also, John, I appreciate you coming on and helping me out. It's always good to have a legit person on with me to talk. Uh, don't forget, check out Jackie Cataline on all her social media as well as John Thomas. Um, we'll be right back after this. I appreciate both of you guys and we'll talk to you both real soon. Good night. Okay. Take care. I'm telling you, man, I load up the show, and then I have so many things that I want to talk about, especially the, you know, it would have been nice to keep John for a little while longer just so I had a few more things to throw at him, but I appreciate him coming on, as well as Jackie Catline and, of course, Javi Vasquez, but um, let me give Joey Chaos a call, well, Joey Moon Norse, but I call him Joey Chaos just so we can get some pro wrestling in here. And then we'll wrap everything up, man. But I really appreciate those guys coming. Hopefully Joey picks up because he's one of the busiest men in pro wrestling today. Didn't answer the phone, which kind of sucks because I could have kept Jackie on for a little while longer. But um, anyways, God darn it. Anyways, big big ups to them for coming on. We appreciate it. I'm going to give Joey uh, a a few more seconds. Maybe he, he missed a call or whatever, and I'll give him a call back. So real quick for the people listeners, don't forget this is on the mat radio with your host, Fabi Chulo. I just got John Thomas and uh, Jackie Cadline off the, off the line talking a little bit about Olympic wrestling about high school wrestling and everything. And for the people listening to me, if you, if you go to John Thomas uh, to his Facebook, he just put up when he was uh, at the fight to win and he shot that blast double. I mean, it's, it's the epitome of changing those levels, shooting in, getting that double and getting it to the ground. That's why I don't like the butt scoop. 
whatever I hate to say it. I mean, I know it's very effective, but I like when you're both standing up and you got to take that guy down. So that has a lot to do with it. So him, as well as Javi Vasquez, it's good to see him back. So let me try. Let's try Joey one more time. And if the answer is cool, if not, make sure I got the right number real quick here. Try to get. Hang on, everybody. Santino Brothers commercial kicks in, then you know he's not going to answer the phone. This is Joey. Hey, Joey. It's Fabiano. You're live on On The Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Hey, what's up, Javi? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. For the people listeners, you're here. You're at On The Mat Radio with your host, Fabi Chulo. And on the line with me right now, I call him Joey Chaos, but better known as Joey Munoz because he's such a businessman and everything right now. But real quick before we get into talking about some rest and everything, how, how are you doing, my friend, now that this coronavirus and everything's going around? Man, you got to be dying sitting in the house, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, it, it's terrible, man. We, we, we closed down the school uh, March March 11th, I think, uh, the day after the NBA announced their thing. And uh you know, I've just been watching the news lately, and it, it, it doesn't look like it's gonna, it's gonna, the, it's gonna sort any sort out anytime soon. So we're just kind of, I don't know, we're on standby and, yeah. you know, hoping for the best. But you know, I guess, guess just paying attention to everything. You're looking for when the vaccine's gonna come in. They're they're talking about uh, 12 to 18 months. So. Oh my God! Who and who knew something yeah. like this was gonna happen? Dude, I got into the uh, medical field nobody. because because I thought that, that I would always have a job. And when they came up to us and said, we're sending all your shit to the hospital and you guys go home. I was like, what? Wait a minute. So we've been off for a while and they, and they you know, keep, keep in touch with us. And they say, you know, until um, all the medical supplies have to stop getting to the hospital, you know, you guys going to be home for a while. So I've tried to take advantage of it, work out at home and stuff and try to make the best of it. But I got to tell you, man, after a few days, I mean, it, it just, it just gets monotonous, but real quick, um, yeah. I, I, I got to dude. when I said that I was going to have you on the air, first of all, I got <laughs> yeah. a ton of messages and a ton of emails. First of all, they love the picture of, of you and Brody. Oh. They thought that was pretty cool. And I'm like, nice. that's, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's just the tip of, of how much, how far he's, Become, you know, doing with these students, you know, putting out the great product. But real quick, I want to talk about a few things, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Santino Brothers and about training and stuff like that. It, it, it's funny because I was uh, Jessica did a show called Compton Mania, and it was literally in uh, for Sean Black. It was literally at somebody's house, yeah. but this this place was huge, and I, you know, I feel like an old man because you know. I didn't wrestle. I just took Jessica up there. So you feel like an old man when people start coming up to you going, dude, I remember seeing you uh, when I was a kid wrestling at Martins at WP and, and talking. So there was one kid. I'm sorry, man, but his, his, I, I don't know who he was. He was talking to me forever. I didn't ask his name, but we were talking about that. We were talking about Santino brothers and we we're talking about Joey and all that. And I said, you know, let me tell you something, man. I said, you know, I've known Joey for a long time. I go, I've, I've, 
uh, you know, we all came up in the ranks together. Supreme, I wrestled with him a few times against Luchadores and all this stuff. I said, and then I kind of lost touch with, with Joey for a while. I said, then when I was working for Revolution Pro, they took us out to XPW. I said, and and that's when, when he wrestled against uh, Nosawa and Sikosis in a three-way. I go, and, oh, and yeah. he, he had totally changed his, his image. He was the rock superstar, chaos or whatever, and he came out to, to uh uh, so you want to be a rock star or whatever. And when I saw him, I was like, damn, this dude, you know, he looks like a star. I mean, it was a total, <laughs> total change. Now, uh, I, you know, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but but GQ Money, when, when I started, what's what's his real name, GQ Money? Yeah, Ryan Katz. Ryan Katz, who's actually in yeah, WWE G- now. Dude, I got to tell you, that guy's a freaking genius because – we talked about this, and you said, well, you know, he came to me and said, wait, we should do this or whatever. So real quick, tell us a little bit about that, uh, how, how that whole transformation came about. Because to me, that seems like that puts you on the map, because I was, I was hooked after that. I mean, really, what it came down to was uh, uh, XPW and Rob Black, they were doing a, uh, a deathmatch uh, tournament. And this is the first yeah. deathmatch tournament, and I kind of – I looked on the board every Tuesday. We'd walk in. There'd be a meeting every Tuesday at the office, and we'd be training and stuff. And uh, I walked into the uh, to the office, and I, I didn't see my name on the board. And so I kind of had a talk, and I told him, I said, "Hey, I don't want to get lost in the shuffle, and you know, I work really hard at what I do, and you know." And uh, so, so what they said, you know, you you don't bring nothing to the table. They said, look at you. You, you, you come out with your little curly hair and, and uh, yeah, and, and your, little, your, little, your little green and black tights and you don't bring nothing to the table. So, you know, I took it upon myself to, I, I needed a change. So what I decided to do was, I was actually, one day I was trying to uh, put some, uh, some blonde tips in my hair and I totally messed yeah. it up. Yeah, I totally messed it up. And so I just said, I bleached my hair one day and, and Billy Messiah was working in the office and he was, he was talking to Rob Black and he was like, we need someone to bleach their hair. And, and he threw my name out and said, oh, Joey will do it right away. He'll bleach his hair. He'll bleach his hair blonde. And, and next thing I know is uh, uh, Billy was telling me about that. So I decided to start. I, took, I was taking steroids. I was getting bigger. Um, you know, I got new gear. Um, I started tanning. And I, that was the main thing. I just didn't want to get lost in the shuffle, you know, because I loved wrestling. And that was kind of a, the turning point in wrestling where I kind of learned it's not just about the moves. It's not just about the spots. You know, yeah. it's about the persona. And, and, yeah. and it, it, it really wasn't even about the moves. It was about me going out yeah. there and flexing and, 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 and jocking with the crowd. And, and that's what really connected me. And they, that's what really yeah. made them love me. I mean... I think I mean I, I think I wrestled my best at that time, but it really wasn't even about the moves, you know. Right. And then they put and me with they they put me with Tiki <coughs> Money and Veronica Kane, and you know. And to be honest, I didn't even really want to be part of the entourage. I wanted to just kind of do my own thing, and and I kind of fought it. And next thing you know, is the best part of my career was teaming up with uh, GQ Money and uh, and Veronica Kane and and Steve Rosano and TJ Rush, and you know the rest is history. You know, it was really <coughs> the best part of uh, being part of the enterprise. But even the little things like leaving the belt on the whole time while you were wrestling, I was like, dude, is he going to take that off? What is he doing? He's going to hurt himself. I mean, even just little things like that just kept kept you interested. So, but that that dude Ryan Katz was to to me, he's got that mind because we were going to wrestle. This is after Pogo 
put me out of commission from for a minute. But when we came back, Kevin Kleinrock said, "Hey man, I want to I, I want to do a good match for you. Whatever, I will put you with Dark Truth, and we're gonna do that." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then he, Ryan comes in. And he goes, well, "Wait a minute." He goes, "Since we have him here, let's make them the Black Panthers." Or the new Black Panthers, and he took off literally like five minutes after that. Bought like some black khakis and some some dicky shirts and all this stuff, you know, and put them in that. And it was over. It was over like Rover. People were like, "Oh, they hated him, but they wanted to see." So it, it, it the point I'm getting to is like you said, it's just one little thing can change it and 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 really put you out there. So I mean, you just to me the the, the shows that I worked. I mean, it was awesome. You you, you fought. Um, uh, what's his name? And, and you fell into the bullpen. We were wrestling the Pico Rivera Sports Arena, and you guys fell into the bullpen. Oh, yeah. All over. Uh, yeah, and it was like, dude, it, 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 it was, to me, it was a good time for me. I had a lot of fun. It was funny, though, because Shane Douglas took over the book, and we had just finished wrestling Our Truth and them, and, and I see him, and I go, hey, Shane, because uh, Damon, Halloween, and all those guys were there, and I said, hey, man, I, you know, I can go with the luchadores, you know, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to look at you, Fabi, I'm going to look at you, and then he just walked away, and then we talked to him again from there, but anyways, that's neither here nor there, or whatever, Shane Douglas would be listening, man, I, I get it, I get it, bro, but then, you know, as 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 we get a little bit older, you know, uh, the unholy Sergio, who's, who's been friends with all of us forever he said hey man you know i'm getting older i'm gonna start taking some broadcasting uh classes and stuff like that let's do a radio show and i'm like yeah so then as you got older did it come did it did you say well i'm thinking since i'm getting a little bit older i think i'm gonna open up a school or did you say well somebody make you an offer how how did all that come about because santino's is on fire right now uh well you know to be honest man uh my buddy angel you know angel face chavez uh, from XPW, yeah, he uh, he was like uh, he hit me up. Well, actually, Rico Dynamite, uh, one of uh, of uh, Dynamite D's original students, had hit yeah. him up, hit Angel up, and said, "Hey, I got like twelve students, and I, I have a ring in my backyard, and I taught him everything I could teach him." And so Angel kind of relayed the message to me and said, "Hey, let's go." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, let's go." I was just hanging out with Angel and. And we were just hanging out for like a couple of hours. And he was like, all right, let's go. Let's go to training. And I was like, damn, this guy's serious. And I said, oh, you know how I didn't bring any, I didn't bring any training gear. And he goes, oh, don't worry. You know, cause I, thought, I thought that was going to get me out of it. And uh, he goes, oh, don't worry. I got everything for you. So there I was on a Saturday meeting all these guys in the backyard. They had a good, about, good amount of people, about like 12 guys. And I know Julie Rico Dynamite very well. And, uh, he was just like, yeah, I taught him everything I could teach him, and I need you guys to take over. And so me, John, Supreme, Mongo, Sylvia, and we all just started coming in once a Saturday in Norwalk to this uh, yeah. Tariko Dynamite's backyard and just started training these guys. And we did yeah. that for about maybe three months. And we decided, or I decided, hey, I'm going to make a school out of this, and let's try to make some money. And, you know, we were going to call it, I don't know, the Chaos School or Full Contact <laughs> Dojo or something like that. and then we kind of took a look around. We had already Santino Brother T-shirts and, and banners, and we had folders. We always would get some kind of merchandise. And so we decided, hey, let's just call it Santino Brothers Wrestling. And, I mean, I got to be honest, it, it was some lean years when we started out. Um, you know, we, we got kicked out of the city, and we didn't know if we were going to continue. That was after, like, two years. And uh, Sylvia found a building right here in Bell Gardens in, in 2010. And... Uh, and the rest is history, and we've been just working hard and building at it and building a curriculum and, and pumping out wrestlers, and uh, 
We just had Jake Atlas signed to uh, WWE. Brody King yeah. at Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah you know the, the 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 students are getting uh, flown out left and right. You know, I would t- I tell them all the time. I go, man, you guys are less than a year in getting flown out to to gigs already. I was like, I think I was wrestling at the Nickelodeon for like I don't know <laughs> for like two years <laughs> with with terrible yeah. matches. And I always always tell the students, say so you guys are always you know, 10 times better than I ever was, you know, and, yeah. and then they prove it just really kind of going out there and, 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 and put, putting in the work and, and just kind of really getting the name and all, all the students are so proud of the, uh, the school itself. Yeah. You know, where they came up of, you know, and. Well, you so, know, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, you know, you've got the, 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 the Lucha classes on Tuesday. And so, it, you know, it's a wide variety you know, because not only do you get the pro wrestling, but you get the lucha. Then that gets you work wherever. But let me tell you, man, I was dying. I, I had the flu, and I didn't want to go anywhere, but Jessica wanted to go check out PCW. So Joseph's like, hey, just come down, man. You guys will be my guests. Come check it out. So like, oh, I had the flu. I didn't want to go, but Jessica was like, well, let's just go, man. If, if you get too sick, we'll, we'll head home. So Jake Atlas wrestled Daga. And you want to, you know, okay. I always say this. If, if you have a good dance partner, you know, you're going to shine. And I got to tell you, man, I mean, that was probably, and I've been around for a long time, and I've seen a lot of matches. That easily, to me, was match of the year for, I think it was 2019, or maybe it was just the beginning of 2020. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I was so sick. Everybody was throwing money. I couldn't get, I was like about maybe three rows back. I knew I wasn't going to make the dollars <laughs> reach the ring. So like an old man, I had to walk up and I gave the, the lady in the front row. I said, hey, can you please throw these so that they'll make the ring? <laughs> so she had to throw them for me. But that's that's how much I enjoy. I mean, I'm telling you, man, Dance Partner to me makes a big difference because they put on a show. I mean, both those guys really put on a show. And, and then when we were talking earlier, when I saw, I, I hadn't talked to Joey in a while, and I went to go to go down and check out the school, and I saw Brody, and I was like, man, this 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 dude looks like a wrestler, you know, and and Joey's like, yeah, man, he's working hard, you know, and I think that's what got him uh, there too, because when when first when he went to Ring of Honor, they put him with guys like Bandito and Ray Horus and all that. So when you can work with those guys and make that show look good to me, it seems like that makes all the difference in the world, right? Yeah, you know we we we've had the uh, we've had the pleasure of having uh, Los Luchas here on Tuesday nights with Silkway and yeah. Star and yeah. and they're kind of like the 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 secret ingredient to Santino Brothers. You know we don't you know you have to go through our uh, our our basic curriculum first before we actually release you guys to the uh, to the uh, to the Luchas class. And so you know yeah. some of the students don't ever make it you know to to get to go to the Luchas class, but it's it's such a treat uh, to have those guys there and. And uh, you know they 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 take the guys you know by, by the hand and teach them how to how to do Americanized lucha you know and I think it's amazing you know. Well, so. I, dude, I gotta I gotta tell you this this was uh, probably I think it was about six weeks ago or so I was working the show for Lucha Pro and they had me working this match or whatever and they said hey man this guy's not gonna show up. And who do you want to team with? I said, well, bring Robbie. I said, bring Robbie Phoenix. I said, that guy can work with anybody. You know, uh, that that's who I want. Okay, no problem, no problem. We'll bring him. So we get there, and a bunch of people did show up. So they said, hey, Fabi, they said, we're going to make it a three-way. It's going to be you, Robbie Phoenix, and Phoenix Star. And I said, what? And they said, they said, yeah. Um, they said, yeah. Uh, that, that, and I'm like, luckily for me, I had just been to the doctor a while back, and he's like, dude, you got to get in shape. You got to get on a diet. You're older. So luckily, I, I had dropped about maybe 
10 or 11 pounds, was working out. And I'm like, dude, you know, I'm 54 years old, bro. Like, you know, I can't hang with Phoenix Star and Robbie. And, and they said, no, 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 it'll be fun. It'll be fun. But, dude, they made me look like a million dollars. I mean, I, I was totally, this was for the first time in years. I was nervous. But we got out there, and they're so professional, and they so know what to do. We ended up having a hell of a match. I mean, it just goes to show that whether whether you work with a luchador or you work with a pro wrestler or a Japanese or an old man or whatever, if you know what you're doing, you can make that show look good. And that was totally proof of it right there. I mean, I was so – by the end of that match, I was so happy. Um, you know, I wanted to give them my pay, even though I didn't get paid. I wanted to give them my pay because I was so – you know, happy that they that they took care of me. So the point I'm trying to make is, if you go to Santino Brothers, that's just that's just the tip of it. Not only are you going to learn the basics, and you're going to learn, but then as you progress, it gets you to that to the luchas, and then you're going to start getting work, man. Because that's you know, if you can work with anybody, that's that's the key to it. So real quick, you know, since I'm running up against the clock, what what's next for you, Joey? I mean, I know we're just waiting for all this stuff to get over with, and you're gonna. Head back because you're also starting to do some shows. Um, I know you had a big one that you had planned. Uh, uh, I know that one got canceled or postponed for a while. So, so is that is that the plan? Just keep doing what you're doing to start doing some shows and building up. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're just kind of waiting for the uh, you know the whole coronavirus thing to, uh, to kind of you know sort itself out and uh, you know get really get back to work. You know, we've been actually you know on you know going dark for. I guess it's March 11th, so it's probably been about uh, uh, about two weeks now, and uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, yeah, it really sucks, man, because we're we're coming up yeah. on our 10 year anniversary here at the building, and you know, it's just really like I, you know, I don't think anyone's ever seen anything like this, and it's just life has stopped, and it's it, it really sucks, you know. There's it's not even a decision that I can make, you know. It's it's global, you know, and that that's yeah. really makes it tough, and that that nobody knows right now. You know what time frame? You know, there's just a lot of people out of work. You know, there's yeah. no wrestling going on, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it's something that's going to go down in the history books, to be honest with you. So, yeah, well, you know, we just, well, uh, just we're just going to stay optimistic and uh, you know hope for the best. You know, definitely yeah, just hope for the best and get back on, get back on the grind. Yeah. yeah, that's all you could do is just keep keep pushing, man. Just keep moving forward. Well, I tell you what, man. As soon as everything gets back and we're we're running at full speed and everybody's doing their thing, I'll make sure to to put a couple of plugs for Santino Brothers. Well, everybody who talks to me and they say, "Hey, man, I, I dude, you got to go to Santino Brothers," or whatever, because that's where you're gonna get the get get all the work and they'll, they'll treat you right there. So, real quick for the people that are listening, if you want to check out Santino Brothers, um, you can go to info at santinobrothers.net if you want to send them an email, and you can always go to www.santinobrothers.net net to check out the website and you can see the times for the classes and everything like that but hey joey always a pleasure to talk to you my friend i'm a big i'm a big guy that talks about paying dues and nobody's paid more dues than you man coming up from you know where you came from to where you're at now is, is huge and it's just like they say man if you don't have to work for it it's not going to be anything you know you had to work for everything and earn everything and the proof is in the pudding man so i wish you all the best of luck in the world all right my friend yeah, I love you, Fabi. Thank you so much. Hey. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you, man. Hey, man. Always a pleasure. For the people listening to us, make sure you check out Santino Brothers, and we'll be right back after this. Joey Chaos, everybody. Make sure you check them out. Santino Brothers. Hey, man. How about that, Joey? <laughs> 
Joey uh, Munoz. I was trying to, we only got a few minutes left, so I was trying to make sure I got everything in before we got him out of here. Big thanks to him. Big thanks to John uh, for staying on the line with us, John Thomas, and, you know, helping me out with some news and stuff like that. And, of course, Jackie Cadline doing good things with that wrestling. Hopefully this crap will be done and we can get back to business and she can figure out how she's going to get up there and, and do some damage out there because she will do damage. And, of course, Javi Vasquez, old school to heart, man. I love that guy. He's been around for so long, paid his dues you know, coming back from, from being sick and everything like that. So we appreciate him coming on. So we'll be back here on Thursday. Don't forget, I got Giovanni Varela coming on. I got Gerson Shilipake from the former Shoot the Box, now um, Fight Solutions. And, of course, up and coming, we talk about that high risk that, that um, I just saw the show over in Compton. Simon Lotto is going to be on to talk some pro wrestling. We're going to mix it up. So make sure you tune in. Stick with us, and we'll make sure we check everybody out Thursday. Don't forget, right back here Thursday. See you then. <laughs>